Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Everybody, uh, for this week's intro, we are coming to you live from the side of 85 North, uh, where TJ's grandmother is 2001 Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> Her tire dissolve into non-existence. And the place where the spare tire should go. Now, I know what you're thinking. How bad would it be to go for the spare tire and find that the spare tire has been used and replaced with another bad tire? How much worse to find that there's simply nothing there at all. <laughs> just, just an empty chasm. It's just and like a picture of TJ's grandmother with her middle finger up. <laughs> so anyway, if somebody could bring us a Wi-Fi hotspot, because we live here now. There's a nice patch of grass, a little bit of real estate right in front of us that I think I'm going to go set up shop on. Yeah. We've only seen three or four comps pass us and simply decide not to stop. <laughs> yep. I've been playing Frogger for about 20 minutes. Yep. Like yeah. live Frogger. Like yeah. IRL. Atlanta drivers are good. They're good. So yeah, we had a great time at Dragon Con. Uh, this is, we thought, the perfect way to end it. Too much went right this Too, week. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the scales of fate were tipped. Uh, this week's episode, uh, I'm trying to remember as we sit here. Oh, there is a recap this week. Uh, so as we sit and the Georgia sun starts to rise on us and bake us alive in this 2001 Tahoe, it's time to let the recap roll. So you guys get into the lab and you find the slab where the Mosquito Man used to be. Oh my god. And you notice that he ain't there anymore. This is the worst possible outcome. Mosquito Dan lives again. I'm instantly in tracker mode. I want to try to figure out if I can see where this thing went, if it left like a trail of blood or anything from where we had injured it and so on. The thing that you do find is in the very corner of the room, what looks like a shadow, you kind of get up to it and start to examine it, and it looks like a very small portal. The only thing I can think of is looking at this same power signature and everything, it seems like it's my machine, mine and Rev's machine, that is doing this. Welp, and I'll jump in. As you appear, you see something jump at your arrival and skitter down the hallway on four legs. Uh, I want to see if I can put it into Tass's light so I can see what it is. You get a hold of it and you wrap your arms around it and you spin around and you kind of thrust your arms out to Tass as he is running. Squirming in TJ's hands, you see the headless corpse of Mosquito Dan. The neck and the chest are missing and there's a small creature buried inside of the body and it seems like it's operating his limbs from the inside. 
So here the three of you stand in this sewer tunnel, TJ with his arms wrapped around this creature that seems to be living inside of the corpse of Mosquito Dan. What does it look like? Is it like humanoid? Does it look goblinoid or anything? It does not. The head you see sticking out of the chest almost looks like the head of a Komodo dragon. Does it have a neck? Not that you can see. Can I, like, grab it by the not neck and yank it out of the corpse of Mosquito Dan? Like by the head? Basically, yeah. Like I wanted to grab by the throat, but whatever the closest approximation to the throat is, I guess. All right. Roll no limits. Oh man, it's a strong guy, huh? 10. You reach and grab the head and you start to pull and it is like if you were tearing a steak in half. You hear like the ripping of meat and the tearing. And as the creature comes out, you can see that there are little tendrils coming off of its body popping and snapping this creature is connected into the viscera of dan and as the creature comes out snapping at you and roaring that's so much more gruesome than i wanted it to be yeah <laughs> like as he's pulling it out are like is it more tendrils or is it like more like a lizard where it's got like arms and bones and legs and feet yeah like it is a creature but it has tendrils that are coming off of its limbs that were woven into the corpse ah gotcha okay I mean, I guess I want to, like, address it. I don't know if it's, like, totally feral or not. Do you understand me? Do you speak? You notice that as you're starting to talk to it, the tendrils that have ripped out of Mosquito Dan are starting to wrap around your forearm. Okay. Um, mm, boy. I'm just going to turn it into a pulp. Just a good squeeze. Try and crush this thing. Uh, okay. Uh, roll. Kick some ass. Ten. All right. What is your extra effect? Um, I think suffer less harm because I'm, like, trying to stop this thing from getting its grips into me uh, so describe to me how are you how are you hurting it um well considering that it's not really like a no limits just crush it thing i think that it's just i mean basically grabbing like as it's like snapping at me and trying to wrap on just like with the other hand reaching over the back of its head and kind of like grabbing the top part of its jaw and just like peeling it off of me oh you know <laughs> like melon dropping this thing i'm not like breaking its jaw apart but i am just i'm demotivating it yeah yeah i'm trying to move towards me anymore all right, uh, so you take one point of damage, armor defeating. You don't really have a unarmed damage anymore now that you're not the divine, do you? No, that was part of like the smite power. Yeah. Um. So let's roll no limits for your damage. A full success will be three points. Mixed will be two, and a fail will be one. Okay. I'm gonna handicap myself here. Even as the divine with smite, unarmed was only two. So do we want to say a full success is two, a mixed success is one, and on a fail, something bad happens? No, just because it's since it's no limit, since it's a super strength thing. Okay, fair. Eight. Yeah, so you grab a hold of this thing and you start to pull it away, and you take one point of damage armor defeating as some of the tendrils that have started to weave into your skin get pulled out. Uh, but you successfully pull this thing away and give it a good squeeze and it flails in your arm screeching. I don't know what the fuck this thing is, but it's trying to take me over now. Good God. Uh, I'm going to try to cut it off of him. Are you trying to do damage? Are you trying to save him? What are you trying to do? The idea is to sever it from him. That seems like that's more of a protect. All right. Roll protect someone. Oh, thank God. Eight. Yes, you are able to use the spear and pry this creature off of Jake, but it moves very quickly down the staff and it digs into your arm uh, and you take one point of armor defeating damage as it starts to cling onto you. Oh, it's doing it to me. Uh, I'm going to go over and bite it off of his arm. Just give it a good old. And are you trying to free him or damage it? I'm trying to damage it. So I guess I'm just biting into it then. All right. Roll kick some ass. Uh Uh-oh. Six. 
So TJ, you go to bite onto this creature, and as you open your mouth from the shadows, another one of these falls from the ceiling and lands in your mouth and starts to, like, claw at the roof of your mouth and wiggle its butt down your throat. Uh, This is, that is, (laughs) as soon as you said, like, as you open your mouth, that is, I was like, oh my god, no, one of them's going inside of TJ. Uh, So you take two points of armor-defeating damage. Just to let you know, while this uh, thing is, you know, putting its butt in my mouth, <laughs> I uh, I level up from that six. The butt in your mouth was an achievement unlock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. So what are you going to take? I'm going to take another monstrous move. Oh, OK. Called Claws of the Beast. All your natural attacks get plus one harm. Damn. Mm. So uh, just to put this into perspective, my... Base for my mouth for my bite is three harm intimate. It is now four harm intimate. And then the extra that I added onto the base was that it ignores armor. Oh, okay. So in the fiction wise, like what has happened in this moment that has made your bite stronger? This thing's wiggling his jaw open, so his jaws are more muscular. Yeah, I'm just like doing like uh, those. Getting a huge chew workout. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like when Harvey has a greenie and he gets part of it stuck on the outside in his cheek <laughs> next to his jawbone just chewing. No, or it's no. like whenever I get a big bag of beef jerky and I just, you know, I'm chewing, chewing, chewing. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> uh, point of order from last episode i leveled up and didn't mark it oh okay my bad uh and it's just i'm just doing a stat boost i have a mark one uh in any stat so i'm up in my sharp okay jake what are you doing you see that tass is wrestling with this creature on his wrist tj has one trying to get a seat in his mouth yeah um okay i want to like this is gonna be uncomfortable for everybody Uh. (laughs) i'd want to like reach into tj's open mouth Uh. like far enough to kind of get a hand like to block this thing and like try and drag it back out basically i'm trying to use you'll have to go through me (laughs) so when a monster's threatening someone you can step between them and challenge the monster like i just want to be like oh no you don't we're not done here oh you're like wrapping around its booty and kind of pulling it out of the mouth (laughs) yeah so it's got to target me can we please stop saying that its booty is going first Oh, uh, yeah. So, Jake, you redirect that attack onto you. And so you take that damage instead of TJ. So you take two points of armor defeating damage as it was trying to sink its tendrils into the soft parts of TJ's mouth. They sink into your forearm or in your hand and your bicep as you scoop it out. OK. And I mark a point of experience for using that move. Nice. nice. Tass, you have still got this creature on your arm. You see that Jake is treating DJ like a dog. Like, hey, what'd you eat? Hey, what'd you eat? Give it to me. <laughs> drop it. Yeah, drop it. <laughs> uh, since I can't imagine using the spear on the one that's on me, I can't rectify the uh, the physics of that. Yeah. I'm just going to lash out the one that I think I can hit and try to hit the one on Jake now. All right. Roll kick some ass. That's a 10. All right. Uh, what is your extra effect? Uh, I want to do terrible harm. So I believe that bumps me up to three. Your spear sinks into this creature uh, that Jake is holding, and you see that the tendrils on it release from his arm as it goes limp as he's holding it. Okay, somebody get this one. Hit it, hit it. And I want to try and bite this one off, except I want to aim for the head instead of the booty. (laughs) All right, we'll kick some ass. If at first you don't succeed, bite, bite again. 11. All right, what is your extra effect? I will do terrible harm to this thing. So that bumps my bite up to a four. All right. So you 
bite down on this creature and you take its head clean off in your mouth. Uh, you take one point of damage as you feel bleh, from inside of it run down your throat and it burns a little bit. In actuality, since I am immortal, I take one harm less. Oh, whenever you take harm. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is sort of a minor inconvenience. It's more like uh, just a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Bleh, bleh. All right. So yeah, TJ bites his head off and spits it onto the ground. Uh, okay, I mean, I want to look around and see if there's any more in the shadows about to drop down on us. You don't see any. Do you think this is a thing that came through with us, or is this just a thing that exists I, here? I don't think it can. I think Grev had a good point that if anything's coming through, it's coming through astrally. So this is some shit that just got into the base because of the portals opening up. Damn it. I hate this. I want my lair to be secret, damn it. Well, we just, we gotta get back and close this shit up. Yeah, let's go. Unfortunately, we still have to go through the Dookie Tunnel if we're taking I'm just walking through the damn Dookie Tunnel. We gotta okay. get in there. It's okay. Yeah, we'll go. Okay. All right. Um, I'll pick one of these things up as we go, because we need to figure out exactly what, I think we have an idea of what they do, but like, yeah, it'd be good to learn more. So which way are you going? Right now, you're in this tunnel. You've got a portal behind you and hallway ahead of you. Well, we need to go back through the portal that's right here in front of us. Yeah, if we're going right. back to the, if we're backtracking through portals to the lab, we need to go back through this one we jumped through. Right, and then go back down to the end of the tunnel, down into the poop, and then we're we're on the right track. Okay. So you all go back through the portal, uh, which brings you to that four-way intersection. Uh, you take the long hallway back to the Y, uh, which leads you to the ladder that is now on your right, uh, that is the sewage overflow. Bottoms up. I'm going to jump in. Dive, I assume. No. <laughs> so you guys are down in the sewage. Oh, I'm going to wait until somebody gets to the other side, and then I'm going to teleport to them. <laughs> uh, so you head down, and it is a fairly long way, but you do come to the other portal. Yep, going through. Same. So you come out into the long entranceway portal. Yep, going to keep going till we're in. Okay. Uh, so you go then through that initial portal that leads you back into the corner of TJ's subterranean lair where he keeps all of his menagerie of horrors. <laughs> Jake, we're back in. Blink. And Jake appears next to you. I'm going to give him a big nope. hug. No, 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 no. Uh -uh. Nope, too late. This is just like, this is just like Mr. Bean, like palm to the face, pushing you back away. <laughs> okay, TJ, start working on whatever this thing is that we have to set up around the perimeter. I'm going to take this somewhere and... Put it on ice, I guess. Uh, I got like baggies and a uh, vacuum sealer. You could just put it in that. Ew, like jerky. Before I actually do anything with it, can I like look at it and see if there's anything new I can glean about it? Yeah, roll investigate a mystery now that you have eyes on this. Uh, oh, good. Uh, that brings me up to a five. Yeah, so you are not able to learn anything new about this. Um, I don't even think you're quite sure what it is. I got nothing, guys. It's like a lizard corpse. I don't know. All right, just bag it up and I'll look at it later. Okay. And I'm going to head back to uh, Rev and the machine and going to give Rev a big old hug. And um, <laughs> what is wrong with you? What are you covered in? I wouldn't worry about that right now. It turns out that this phenomenon, the, the, the portals are growing throughout Indianapolis, basically, through the sewer systems and everything. We're going to have to create something to contain it. Um, I've got a schematic here and I'm going to show him my device and uh, it's going to it's going to basically tell us where we need to place these to contain this. So that way it just ends up back here in the layer. OK, 
and uh, I'm going to start going to work on a device. Okay. Roll weird science. Yeah, yeah. Weird science. I got a 10. All right. So what is your requirement? I think that it's going to need an excess amount of power. Uh, yeah, I think uh, as I'm building these things, uh, Rev, I think I'm going to need some kind of power source. Maybe what we can do is we can tie it into the city's power grid at each point. They'll do their jobs from there. Yeah, I mean, um, can I see your schematic here? Yeah, and I show him. And uh, he starts drawing out a map and uh, he ends up giving you this. So on that map, you can see the sewer tunnels and the electrical spots around uh, and he has marked four spots on the map where he thinks those need to be placed. Ah, uh, very good. Uh, yeah, uh, we should be able to do this, no problem. And now if you guys want to uh, hand that back to me, I can draw the portals on it that you have encountered so far. Mm-mm. All right, and so those are the locations of the portals and where they lead. All right, thanks for that, Rev. Um, these are near some power supplies, right? Yeah, I mean, those two main tunnels, uh, there's a ton of power cable running up and down those. Gotcha. All right. Well, then I guess we've got a clear cut path, guys. Well, it seems like some of these, like, at least there's one here that's totally blocked. Like the whole way through to that zone is blocked by a portal. It's actually, I mean, it's the one right outside of here. It's the one right outside the lab doors that we couldn't get past. Um, This is a weird thought, but is there any reason that we shouldn't try going through this portal that's right outside of the the base like from the other direction and see if that does anything different i doubt it will but i mean i mean i don't have any other way to get in there right now so i don't suppose it could hurt to go through it from the other side and see if maybe it puts us on a different course right that'll lead us where we need to go yeah at the very least we try we know sort of where this is going to launch us to and we can set up the couple that we can get to and yeah we'll just we'll go from there we'll come up with a plan if we have fourth one unaccessible uh, so, yeah, I think I want to try going out the front door here and go through that portal. Yeah, so you step through that portal on the other side and you come out the portal that it is connected to going that same direction. Ah, shit. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that's not what I was hoping, but I mean, at least this gives us access to the northwest corner if you guys want to come through. Are we hitting these all together or are we trying to split up? I mean, it'd be all right to stay together just in case there's more of those creatures. We'll have each other's backs that way. And once they're in place, they'll be in place for good. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Okay. Yep. So uh, we'll jump through that portal uh, that's at the front of my lair. All right. So you all head through the tunnel and you appear and start to go north to that room that is indicated in the northwest corner. You pass by the two sewage overflow hallways, as well as a couple of rooms, and you go into that top northwest room, and in the corner of this room is a small portal. Okay, set up your thing. Maybe we should check this portal, too. Yeah, and I'll start tying it into the power grids. Yeah, I don't think there's any issue with you getting it into those and kind of concealing it. Uh, And so it takes just a couple of moments, but you have it activated. Excellent. All right, guys. uh, So this is good to go. Let's uh, check this one and see where it goes. Right. And I will jump in. All right. Are you all following close behind him? Absolutely. So this one leads you into a room in the southwest corner of the map. And the first thing that you notice when you appear is that there's a large chunk of wall that is broken down across from where you appeared. And you can see that there are two of those Komodo-looking lizard creatures asleep on a clutch of eggs inside of that little burrow. Um, okay, I'm gonna, like, gesture to the two of them, like, two of you sneak to the thing. I'm gonna stay here, and if they, like, get up... 
I'm going to make a distraction. So I'm so sad that no one can see the actual pantomime <laughs> he's doing with all this. Go on. But I, but I have to do the pantomime so that yes. it's understood that it could be done. Um, <laughs> and, you know, thumbs up, question mark. I'll give a thumbs up. I will also give a thumbs up. All right. TJ, roll act under pressure to set this up quietly in the corner of the room. That would be a 10. All right. You were able to do this. No problem. Then you were able to go over and very quietly get this device into the power grid and get it activated and head back over towards the portal. Okay. Uh, Let's get out of here, guys. And yeah, I think we sneak back through the portal. So you appear again in the room on the far northwest corner. So what are we going to do about that now? Two more of them in a nest. I, I mean, I think we'll have to take care of the rest of this and then try to hit it up after. Okay. What if they like wander off while we're doing the rest of it, though? What if we lose them? What if they hatch? I'm less afraid of dealing with that if they're just sort of free in the sewer than if they're free in the sewer with portals still popping off all over town. I mean, we can do it now, but I just assume that the time is the issue here. Okay. Keeping in mind that time is of the essence, can I rig one of these up? Do I have the means to do that? Am I smart enough? No, not really. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) you're not smart enough. When it's not in the voice, it feels very personal. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't check with me. He didn't (laughs) ask. He just assumed. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, then I can't just go teleport and do it. And if I try to teleport us, I'm just as likely to dick it up, so... Okay, so time-wise, here's what I'm thinking. Because from where we're at, one of them is is a no-portal straight shot, but it's far away. So I think that we need to run back into uh, just down the side hallway, or, well, essentially straight ahead, so that we pop back over in front of the base and then go north. We hit that one so that we pop back into that portal, uh, and then we come around the long way so that we only have to take that long way all the way southwest once, as opposed to running that whole length twice before we go north. Okay. All right, go. All right, so who is leading this charge? Uh, Tass is because he's got the plan. All right. So Tass, roll act under pressure. This is to quickly navigate these tunnels and try to get these last two placed before the phenomenon expands. Okay. I rolled a seven. So you're able to get to and place the last two of these and get it activated before the phenomena would grow. But the creatures are going to wake up and start moving about before you have the final one placed. So they will still have access to the portals. You don't know where they're going to end up. Or activating this is going to actually drain some power from TJ's lair and some of his other things that he has set up may lose power. Or at some point in this transit, you're going to come across a couple of workers who are lost, and you're going to have to figure out how to deal with them before you can get to the last placement. I think it's workers. All right. So the three of you are able to get the third one placed. You're able to rush back through the portal and get to the southwest side. And as you are running down that final hallway towards the last location, you see two workers who are standing there looking around a little confused and they see you and they're like, hey, what's going on down here? What what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to invoke my big entrance. Uh, Okay, what's that do? Uh, So essentially, it depends on my success level here, but uh, the idea is that it will stop them and they have to listen to me until I stop. Okay, roll it. Awesome. (laughs) God. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Yeah! 13! Oh, man. 
so yeah, you stop and you start to talk to them about what do you talk to them about? Uh, I'm gesturing wildly for these two to keep going, and I just go, "All right, stop, collaborate, and listen." <laughs> Tass is back with a brand new invention, and I just keep going, just slow and steady. And we are heading over and placing the unit. Yeah, as you pass by, the second construction worker looks at the first and be like, will that ever stop? And the guy's like, yo, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so TJ, you get this fourth piece put into place, and you activate it, and there is a pulse of energy that fires out from the machine, and then it hums quietly. Guys, I, I think I want to go check to see if this portal's down, and I'm, I want to go to that last corner that we were at where that portal was and peek around to see if it's there. Yeah, so you run down, and you peek around that corner, and you see that the portal is not there. Nice. Uh, guys, it's it's gone. I think we're we're in the clear. Is Tass still just <laughs> monologuing? Yes, these yeah, yeah, sure am. Uh, okay. Hey, you guys, maintenance workers, are you guys lost? Yeah, we were working in one of the hallways, and then all of a sudden we were here. There's some weird stuff going on down here. We've been lost as well. Where are you trying to get out? Okay, uh, I'm just gonna grab them both and try and teleport them up to the surface somewhere. All right, roll angel wings. Oh no. <laughs> Go on. Oh man. I'm going to spend a point of luck. Oh, okay. This seems foolish, but like I can't imagine having like the deaths of two more innocents, the just bystanders and our shenanigans <laughs> on my conscience. Yeah. And time is of the essence. So I think I'm going to spend a point of luck to just safely get them out of here. All right. So as you teleport, uh you appear on the street and you let them go and instantly you get this strange sensation that something is wrong roll sharp oh my god ho 12 as you appear and drop these two workers off on the street you suddenly know that rev is in danger okay i'm going directly to him okay you appear, and as you appear, you see that the two Komodo dragon creatures are closing in on Rev from behind. Is he aware of them at all? He is not. He's got headphones in. <laughs> it's like the scene in uh, Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> with yes. Stanley as the librarian. <laughs> but I'm next to him? Yes. Okay, I'm just going to kind of like grab him and turn him to face one of them <laughs> so that he knows it's there, uh -huh. and I'm going to engage the other one. I'm. I hope that he can magic blast something real quick that he's got anything in the tank or that rev's got a gun all of a sudden i don't know <laughs> but i at least need to make him aware of this thing before i just start fighting them. yeah that's fair uh, all right so uh roll kick some ass then you spin rev around and you jump towards one of these approaching lizards yeah and i'm i've got the um stun knuckles on okay i'm gonna try and just light one of these things up and i got a 12 all right what's your extra effect uh, it's got to be suffer less harm. I'm in kind of bad shape here. Okay, so you leap forward and you slam the stun knuckles into one of these lizard creatures. How much damage does that do? Uh, three harm. And it goes to the ground hard. Oh. And you take one point of damage, armor defeating. It starts to latch into your arm again, but as the electricity courses through it, it falls to the ground. Okay, I am unstable. As I kind of take this hit and I feel bad, I'm going to get on the comms and be like, Hey, the lizards are on Rev. I got one of them down, but the other one's still here on our way. Yeah, we just start hoofing, I think. That's a long way from it here. It is a long way. Yeah. Uh, Jake, why don't you, since you're here, why don't you roll me, uh, I guess I could do it. I've been rolling dice again. 
sounds like you've relapsed. That's what that sounded like. I've been rolling dice again. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of after running Monster of the Week and then rolling them again in uh, yeah. Dungeon World. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Rev sees this other lizard approaching and he starts to back up away from it and it lunges at him and taking a move that he has seen you do, he grabs it by the shoulders as it lunges and he kicks it over his shoulder onto a ward. And as the creature touches the symbol carved into the stone wall, it bursts into flames. <laughs> oh well, my God. All right. Jeez. Tass and TJ, as you guys run back towards uh, TJ's subterranean lair, you see that all of the portals along the way are gone. So your path back is clear. Nice. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll just go in and make sure that the boys are okay. Yeah, there's this strange smell of charred meat, uh, but Jake and Rev are kind of standing next to each other looking down at uh, one of these dead little lizards. Damn, what did you do to that thing? Rev just smote one. Nice. Yeah, it was more of a accident, but you know what? You take the wind you get. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, what the hell is this? Does, like, does anybody know? Um, I want to pick one of them up. Uh, at least maybe the one that's all charred and everything and see if I can't figure out if uh, this recollects in my head about maybe what it is. Yeah, uh, so roll investigate a mystery and you can have a plus one uh, because you are now back in your lair and uh, Rev has his lore library there. Oh, thank you. Damn, yeah, like uh, 13. Yeah, all right, you get a hold too. What sort of creature is it? So this is a corpser. It is a small lizard creature that has the ability to climb inside of something dead and those tendrils that come out of it link into the bodies and the nervous systems of whatever it's in and then they kind of treat it like a mech suit i'll take this real quick and i'm gonna put it into like a freezer bag and <laughs> stick it in my menagerie, menagerie of horrors. Of horrors. great yeah. jerky yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the other, just kind of the generic information you find about them is that they usually travel in a pack and that there is one dominant female who leads the pack uh, and that she will usually stay and protect the eggs. But you're pretty sure looking at the images in here that one of the two in here was the female. Oh, nice. Okay, bear with me. Suppose we keep the eggs and we raise little Komodo pets. Um, we could start domesticating corpses. This could be a huge advancement in monster science. I hate everything about this. I won't lie. I hate it. I, I feel bad crushing an egg. It's so it's so helpless and harmless. I feel guilty destroying an egg. Yeah. OK. I mean, I guess we collect the eggs and give them to IPT then. Yeah, at least one or two. I mean, the rest can be destroyed, but I mean, for the most part, if you guys want to take them all there, that's fine. Oh, yeah. How many were there? You couldn't really see because they were laying on top of them, but you probably think like eight, ten. Oh, that's a lot. It's a real lot. <laughs> I don't know why I was imagining like two. Uh, let's take them to IPT and see what they say. Maybe they'll just dispose of them if they don't want them. All right. I agree. Yeah, might as well. And I'm going to pick up like some containment units for that. Uh, oh, just for my lab. Yes. So okay. Call. Like a Tupperware. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seals in the freshness. So you all head back down towards that room and uh, yeah, it is empty except for the corpse or eggs and you're able to gather them up. No problem. Should I just pop these over to IPT? Uh, you know, we might as well all go because I think we need to kind of debrief on everything. Rev, do you even want to come with us and we'll sort of talk over what the hell just happened? Yeah, that's fine. Everything seems to be 
in working order again and we can lock this place up when we go. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to call Margaret and say that we're on the way with a deposit <laughs> and that uh, we have some information. And so I think this scene fades out with the four of you each carrying a couple of corpse or eggs up to Jake's car and securely tucking them into the trunk and driving to the IPT. And now it's time for end of session experience. Oh my God. Right? So did we conclude the current mystery? Yeah, I'd say we did. All right. What was it? Well, there was the weird portal phenomenon and then kind of sidetracked away from that. Also, I think the creatures. Yeah. Which seem unrelated now because like they couldn't have come through the portals with us or anything because that's not how the portal works. We determined that. Yeah. So they absolutely were unrelated. Uh, In this adventure, you guys were dealing with two things. You were dealing with a creature and I also threw in one of the new kind of mystery types, the supernatural phenomenon. Um, And so you were dealing with this portal machine that was uh, trying to generate more portals and generating them further out into the world as the clock ticked down. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, these were corpsers. They are little lizards that can basically get inside of and sync their system up with a dead corpse and use it like a like a mech suit. That's awesome. They were just things that lived down here, uh, but then the appearance of the portals actually gave them access to new areas of the sewer system. Uh, Did you save someone from certain death or worse? Arguably those two random workers, if they were stuck down here with the monsters in an infinite labyrinth that like they weren't going to figure their way out of, yeah, they might have just died. And then Rev? Rev almost got sicked upon. Yeah, possibly Rev. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Did we learn something new and important about the world? We learned... Specifically, how long the uh, time differences are between the world we just went to and the one we're in. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? The the big entrance? I don't think we've seen Tass just like talk people into a standstill before. And yeah. not just talk, but song talk them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I William Shatnered their asses. <laughs> when did you take that move? So long ago. You've never used it. I have never I had a it was chance. like your first level up or something. Yeah. I don't know if a hunter's level up move is new and important about them. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, I don't really think we did. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, we know each other so much now that it's kind of hard to really get that, uh, get a clear answer on that question anymore. Yeah, yeah. All right, so everybody gets two points of experience. So we come back into the IPT and Margaret and Rev are there uh, as well as the three of you. Uh, I think Tass is actually patching Jake up right now because Jake is still unstable. Oh, yeah. Accurate. And Margaret has got a notebook out and she's taking notes based off of some of the things that you're telling her about. Okay. So this other world's called Fanarin and it's like a like a high fantasy world almost like elves and dwarves and halflings and stuff. So we are occupying the recently dead yeah pretty when we much go there so i'm i'm an elf bard my name is kolvar um yeah i'm a a druid i'm a halfling named walthus and i'm a dwarf named honan who seems to be good at fighting it looks like so whatever this is we we figured out that they had died like minutes before we arrived it seems like we just kind of occupied the freshest corpses in the neighborhood when we came in But what we've learned since we've been there that's important to us here is Nash is there. He is in a place called the Dead Isles. He's got friends there. So we don't know what he's doing yet, but we're pretty sure we know where he is. 
And how long did you say the passage of time was there? Every day there is an hour here. So he's got well over five months on us. Because he's been missing about, what, a week or he said? Mm -hmm. At least. And she makes a couple of notes. It might be worth looking into if anybody can. Maybe Anastasia, like, doing a little bit of covert spy recon stuff and see what the hell anyone in his organization is doing in his absence. Are they preparing something for his arrival? Do they seem to have any idea how long he plans to be gone? Like, if anything can be gathered on this end, that might help us know how long we've got before he does whatever he's doing over there. Um, we've also got a lead on Tincher. He's in a place called Dunehurst, or at least that's the last place he was seen. So we're going to head that direction next. That's our plan. We're going to go try and find Grandpa Tincher, pick up his trail, see what the hell he's been up to this entire time, and if he can help us in any way. So as you say that Tincher is still alive, Margaret kind of sits up in her chair and seems to be in a little bit of shock at the thought of her old friend still being alive. Where did you learn that he might still be alive over there? I mean, that was just a thought we had going there, you know, that maybe he's still around and we can find him. And the Yaga on that side, you know, we asked if, if anybody had seen him and that was like the last place he was seen. If he's still there, maybe this would help. And she reaches into her desk and you hear a small click and she pulls out a eight-sided crystal uh, and each side of it is a different color. These are what the old team used to communicate with each other. You can press down on the side to send an indicator to all the other gems that were created at the same time. And last I knew, he had one. You just, like, press a gem like a button? Yes. You just press your thumb on it, and it activates to that pressure. So what do the colors mean exactly? Uh, each color was assigned to a person, so we knew who was calling for help. And then if you push all the sides at once, it was kind of like our panic that, oh, get to IPT as soon as you can. Okay, so... We press one of them, he'll know where that's coming from based on which one we press. Which one is him? James's was the diamond side, the clear. Okay, and so I assume all of the rest of them are the other founders? Yes, mine was the emerald, and Tannis was the garnet, Everett is the citrine. Everybody had a color associated with them. Okay, I mean, maybe we could use it to, like, track him somehow. Well, no, nothing goes through the portal. That's why we occupy bodies and we're totally other people. Oh, right. If there's a way to like, uh, what's the word? Like distill the magic of how these work. If there's a procedure that I could learn, I don't know if magic works the same way over there, but magic works over there. So if there's something to do with how these stones operate that I could replicate when we got there, maybe. What are the effects on your magic? My magic's all abjuration. Mine is all protective stuff. Yeah. Um... Take some time to ward a building from monsters, uh, inscribe a tattoo that protects against a specific type of monster, draw a glyph that traps a monster, remove evils, curses, or dark energies, surround someone in a magical shield, create a magical glyph that does harm to a specific type of person or creature, counteract or purge pre-existing magic from a given area, stop something from using magic, or disrupt another's use magic attempt. Is there something about any of that shielding that we could use as like... A little pocket, something that would go through the portal, I guess. Something that's like a pocket from the specific type of magic that stops it from being... Affected by... Yeah. Interesting. So that, you know, 
we throw in, I can't imagine it would be something you could do that would be big, but, you know, we could throw in that crystal and maybe a Glock or, you know, something to take with us. Yeah. So, I mean, to that end, like, stop something from using magic or disrupt another's use magic attempt. Like, maybe cast it on, like, a backpack that's got a few things in it that just disrupts the effect of the portal not letting something through it on its way through. And I think at this is when Rev is kind of looking at TJ. Yeah, I mean, something like that might work. It seems like something the two of you would have to create together because, again, this is a strange mix of, of tech and magic. I'd be wary about trying it on more than one thing, though, because that thing you're sending through is magic as it is. Hmm, that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, you could try to make some kind of a little like stasis field or I don't even know what the hell you'd call it, but some kind of a pod that could hold something small that maybe could pass through. Yeah, I think I could probably do that. And she holds out that multicolored crystal. All right. Yeah, I'll take that. Is there a way? Do these do anything other than put out a distress signal? Is there a way for this to hone in on another person's crystal? No, it's just a distress signal. Usually we knew where each other was. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe we can try something like that. You know, maybe we could like SOS this thing when we're on the other side and see if he responds with his crystal or he lights up his gem or something. And then maybe, you know, we at least know he's alive and able. Yeah, that's a good call. All right. Yeah, Uh, I'll get to work on one. Uh container right right now all right so i think that jake and tj have to go down into the lab uh here at ipt tj roll weird science will do it's 10 all right and so jake that'll use up your uh charge of that ability okay uh what is your extra effect tj actually i don't even think you have to pick one i think that it is required you need to help from someone else and it's the ipt and jake's magic that complete this okay Uh, So, yeah, it's essentially you have made the little pods that they use at the bank to send things through the tubes like it is very small. It is big enough to hold the crystal. You could fit, you know, a large coin in it, a little pouch, and you're pretty positive that it will pass through. Oh, you mean like the the, the pods that they use, like with the air tubes and everything uh like that that suck up? Okay. Yeah, a fourth the size of that. So, uh, yeah, I've got this thing now made. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that and I will just put the crystal in it like right now and you know keep this safely on my person somewhere um all right that's something it's not a lot but it's something i don't know what else to share with you guys you know mostly i just want you to know what's happening in case we never come back that somebody else has this information and could do something with it you know and i i don't know how long how long before that becomes an emergency because uh an hour to a day you know by the time you thought to worry about it we might have been gone for decades so okay well what do you say we get something to eat and then get the hell out of here? Yes. I think we need to get back. We are burning daylight. Yep. Many daylights. Yeah, it seems like you guys have a story to tell. You know, you've told me a little bit about this other world, but I mean, I would love to be able to gather any details you can tell me to pass on to somebody else if they have to go in. Um, so, yeah, let's just get a meal and you guys can tell me what's happened so far in the time that you were there. Okay. And so the four of you leave IPT and you go down to the Monument Circle and you sit down and have a meal. And as you're telling Rev these stories, he's kind of taking some notes and his phone chirps and he looks down at it and realizes the time. And he gets up and runs over to put change in the meter at Jake's car. And as he puts his card into the slot on the meter, another car screeches to a stop on the side of the road. A person gets out wearing a mask and slapjacks Rev in the back of the head dumps him into his trunk, and drives away. 
The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's a tale of learning and healing. We've got a whole province going to see one overworked witch in a candy cottage that's been chewed to pieces by the local kids. Of fairies and magic. You're touching the sapphire of assessment! I'm not touching it! I'm just putting my head near it as I focus my brainial waveforms on it. Stop it! I'm not even touching it! Of struggle against the odds. This is my team. They may not live up to your vision of a perfect, efficient department. They don't live up to my vision of a stampede in a barnyard. Ooh, kingly. That's how you know it's working. And now, it returns at last. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, Season 2. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, from Fable and Folly. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or look us up at fableandfolly.com.